Hello and welcome back to a third season of Mimazine On Air. I am Amy Swaby, host and journalist, and this season is all about game changers. Each week I'll be interviewing a different individual who's pushing for and driving change in their field. This week I'm joined by Ashley Byrne, founder and CEO of NU, a social network to share closer people in your local community and extend the life cycle of our wardrobes, or as NU puts it, having an open relationship with your wardrobe. Hi, hi, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks a million for having me. Oh no, I'm really excited to speak to you. I'm such a huge sustainable fashion advocate, so this is right up my street, this podcast episode. Oh, fab. (laughs) Amazing. Well, first of all, could you just tell us what new is and why you set it up? Yeah, so... I guess new came out of a bit of a personal frustration with the fashion industry. So I would say I was um, very much a fast fashion gal. Like I just went into like Topshop and H&M and every Friday kind of spending money that I didn't have and things I probably didn't need. And um, I really didn't know it as fast fashion at the time. Like to me, it was just fashion. And I went to India in 2013. So that was the same year that the Rana Plaza disaster happened in Bangladesh where there was a garment factory collapse and over 1,130 people died. And I think that for me was just a really, um, I guess, shocking moment, but also shameful moment. So I was over in India. um, We'd gone with Suez Educational Development, which is an Irish NGO. And they talked through like lots of different kind of global issues. And I think that's why I really liked the program in general, that it was very much, you know, not led by any illusion that there was white saviors coming over to help, but really young people who were able to go and get a bit of perspective on how the world really works and how our actions can affect people and vice versa. And so fashion stood out to me as one of the main issues and just seeing what had happened in Rana Plaza and realizing that I'd never really thought of things other than what they are on the shop floor. Mm. and other than how designers would make them and their kind of creative process that goes behind that and I had never really delved into who makes our clothes and um, what kind of chemicals are used and how does this really affect people in the environment so that to me was just a big shock and um, I felt really really frustrated that I didn't know about this that I was still totally partaking in an industry that I didn't believe in and came back and met Ali, who originally set, we set up new together. And um, we just got talking about all of the different things that had really frustrated us and how we felt like we couldn't really enjoy fashion, knowing everything that was going on behind the scenes. So I guess in India, we had seen um, the real social and environmental cost to fast fashion. But when we wanted to be more sustainable in our fashion choices, that just felt really inaccessible you had to be able to really afford to buy into sustainability, which to me in some ways felt a bit wrong as well, that we were just kind of buying more stuff in order to, um, I guess, feed into a better system. And I think there is definitely a difference between kind of investment buying and buying from brands who are responsible and who are really good, which I think is absolutely what we should be doing. And um, buying in the way that we bought fast fashion, but, but just for items that are more sustainably made. So I guess what I mean when I say that is if we buy pieces that are made in a sustainable way, but we don't wear them, what is the point in that? So 
to us, it felt like there needed to be something that was more accessible and there needed to be something that really respected the clothes that were already made and mm. made sure that we, we brought back this kind of emotional attachment to our clothes and that we could love them for a long time and we could understand that they had a whole life before they got to us, whether or not you did buy it brand new and that affects a lot of different people. And so I guess for us, our answer was really in the community that we were already in. It was, we shared clothes with our friends, we shared clothes with our family. Um, it was a really social experience. It was really nice. And it kind of, I guess, brought your clothes to life a little bit more. And for us, we really felt that if we could do this on a wider scale with a larger network of people, we could start to recirculate a lot quicker the clothes that were already sitting in our wardrobes. That was quite empowering because I think with sustainability, a lot of the time you can be waiting for, especially in fashion, the likes of brands to change before you can do anything. And it feels very, um, I guess, difficult to sit back and watch and feel like you can't partake in the change. Whereas with something like new, it's all community led. It's all um, people using what they already have and connecting with like-minded people. And it's, I guess everyone making the decision that they can see fashion as a force for good rather than what it's kind of turned into today. So really what we created is a app and a community who share and swap their clothes. So because we've just gone through COVID, a lot of it is swapping right now. So it's a lot more casual wear. People upload pieces that are sitting in their wardrobes and they're ready to part with and then they can get a token and then they can use that token to take a piece from anywhere on the platform. So it works in the same way that you would um, see a, a swap shop if you went to one in real life. And there's other times when you can borrow pieces that's normally event-led. So you would upload some pieces to lend out that you actually want to keep in your wardrobe, but they're definitely not getting the love they deserve. Mm -hmm. And you're really not wearing them from one end to the next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so they, um, you, can, you can lend and borrow those pieces short term, the same way that you would with friends. So that was brilliant for the likes of university balls, people going to weddings. But of course, we don't have those these days. So a lot of it is, um, is swapping. And it, to us, it was just the answer that we needed. Um, you join and there's a membership fee. So it's a monthly membership fee of, of $7.99. And we have um, kind of free tiers and, and free trials to join up. And then once you're a member, you just share and swap as you like. So you don't need to rent pieces. You don't need to buy pieces. Um, we want to take away that kind of monetary barrier I just so that, that our clothes can really get out of their, our wardrobes as quick as possible. And I think there's lots of different solutions in the industry and, and all of them are brilliant. But I guess where we felt the gap was, was especially for high street pieces, they're really hard to resell. Mm. And oftentimes it's very difficult to price things that I guess are, um, you know, weren't that expensive to buy, but are beautiful clothes and people really enjoy them. We just find with swapping, it just makes it easy. It just is like, look, what do you like? <laughs> what do you not need? And then what do you want? And, and then with that- sometimes, it's just even better. You don't feel yeah, like exactly. parting with it forever, which I know my sister and I, we do a lot of sharing, although it is quite one-sided. I am definitely getting more out of this share relationship <laughs> than she is, but- it really does open up your wardrobe, like you said. I think it's so lovely to be able to dip in and out of people's wardrobes, mix it up, but then mm. hopefully you get the pieces back if you're expecting them back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there's insurance that goes within that. There's kind of uh, guidelines and peer-to-peer -peer contracts. And 
yeah, it, that's exactly it. Like if there's things in your wardrobe, it's all about what do you do with them? How do you make sure that they have a life? Because we all have wardrobes full of clothes and we can't wear them every day. And there's lots mm-hmm. of things that we impulse bought, lots of things that we do really love, but we might not wear from year to year. And, and it's just having the opportunity to do what is, um, what's applicable to each item, I think as well, is what we really wanted to achieve with new. And then there's also, we've been very mindful that there's a lot of different platforms that will be brilliant for different parts of your wardrobe as well. And I guess we don't want to try and do too many things either. And and for us, swapping was always a part of our community. And, and so it fit in really, really well. And it's been brilliant to kind of see the life that pieces go on and have <laughs> when they go from one person to the other. Yeah. Oh, that's so good because I know I am very guilty of having way too many clothes that I don't wear or I'll wear once every few months, but I'll hold on to them because of that. What if, what if I, I don't know, go to a really lovely event mm. in the future now and you can't quite part with them fully. So the idea of renting and swapping and having a more fluid relationship with your wardrobe Sounds yeah. Good. Instead of throwing them to landfill as well, I know so many clothes go to landfill. I know Oxfam uh, recently said that 11 million mm. garments in the UK go to landfill each week, which is just crazy. I mean, that is yeah, an unbelievable amount of clothes, which actually, like you said, have already had a great life, hopefully, and could continue mm-hmm. to have a a further life. Absolutely, it's. I think a lot about it is. Um, what's nice with swapping is sometimes you get attached to pieces because of the money that you pay for them and not because the love that you have for them so knowing that you can give a piece away but get something that you will really like and enjoy lets people part with their wardrobe or make that parting with their wardrobe just a little bit easier and maybe become more mindful over time of what they do and don't actually want to buy in the future And I think that feeds into this more um, conscious way of curating our wardrobe and starting to understand more about what you like and what you don't like. And I guess with sharing and swapping, you get to experiment without really having to invest fully in something that you might just get. And it just doesn't, it's just not your thing and you just don't end up wearing it. So there's really, really great benefits to just I guess uh, we call it having an open relationship with your wardrobe. So. I saw that and I absolutely yeah. loved it. I was like, that just sums up it perfectly. It makes it, it just takes all of the pressure off, I think, as well. Because like you said, it's when you get that monetary attachment to something, you feel quite protective over it. You, yeah. you buy something more expensive that you wouldn't normally splash out on. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't feel this too, but you're kind of scared to wear it. So taking mm-hmm. the pressure off, that lovely dress that you wore once for university ball yeah more of a fluid like fun thing again because fashion is can be really fun and I think it sometimes gets especially at the moment when we're there's lots of talk on sustainability and on the horrible side of fashion trying to make Mm -hmm. fashion fun again and like you said accessible I think it's a really important and very liberating thing absolutely and I think I mean us both as young women we're still at the point where we're trying to figure out what is our style? Who are we? Building a capsule wardrobe is really difficult at this stage. You want to be able to try everything to, 
I guess start understanding what suits you, what looks well, who you are, what you want your clothes to say about you. And just having the freedom to do that in a way that doesn't lead you into this kind of buy, wear and dispose mentality is really freeing because clothes are so important just for our psychology, for how we feel, for how we express ourselves. And yeah, it's just, it's just important that we have the freedom to be able to um, explore that as well. Once we're not (laughs) exploring it in a way that just clothes end up in landfill because you, you thought that it looked great when you were on ASOS and then realized that, you know, you just actually, it's, it's just does not look good on you. (laughs) A hundred percent. And I know even not that long ago, I look back, I'm like, wow, did I really think that looked good? Why was I wearing that? (laughs) I'm going to apologize for the email that just came through, but I'm just going to mention that that's actually a Black Friday um, promo code that came through. It couldn't have been timed better, actually. (laughs) And the time this podcast will be aired, we'll have just had Black Friday. And I know you've touched on the see it, need it, wear it once, throw away mentality. How do you think we can start changing that mentality, especially with such huge marketing ploys like Black Friday? Yeah. I mean, the difficulty is that a lot of the big, massive brands have a lot of money and they spend a lot of time understanding how we work as humans and how they can exploit that so that we buy things. So it's really hard. (laughs) Um, It takes years to get out of the mindset of fast fashion, I think. I mean, I was in India in 2013. It's now 2020. It's been seven years and I feel like, yes, now I am totally free of it but I definitely get my fix through sharing and swapping because I really do love clothes and I really do want to to change up my style one thing is just to blanket not do Black Friday and and really stay away from it but I think what's actually more difficult is the days sometimes that aren't Black Friday and it's just when you're bored and you're browsing and you just want to feel happy and you think that it will kind of come from these pieces or these clothes and really the actual gratification of of buying something just comes in the moments before you buy them and then actually that the endorphins just kind of peter off so you don't actually feel that sense of joy when you actually own that piece or when you wear that piece past one or two wears probably what I always find is is really good is becoming more I guess having some more intention around your wardrobe and what you want and why you want it or how you'll use it so one thing that I find really helpful is called the wardrobe audit and basically you go to your wardrobe and you put all of your pieces on hangers and you turn those hangers one way and then as you wear pieces throughout the month you flip the hanger over when you put the piece back on and at the end of the month you're able to look back at your wardrobe and say okay what have I actually worn and why did I wear it and why do I love wearing this? And then you can look at the pieces that you haven't worn and say, okay, why did I not wear this? How did I buy it? Was it an impulse? What are the reasons behind that? And that being able to delve in a little bit deeper to the wardrobe that you have curated now. And if you're going to just impulse buy the likes of Black Friday deals, what is it that's actually pulling you to buy that piece? Is it the fact that they are selling it really well to you or is it the fact that you actually think that that would look great and you would wear it 30 or 40 times because I don't think it's necessarily bad to purchase pieces on discount I guess the thing about the fashion industry is that the wholesale price will be completely different to the retail price and so on days like Black Friday they're still 
making a profit <laughs> on on those pieces. So you know, you might as well buy it when it's not getting seventy percent profit on top of it. If you, I guess, understand a little bit more about why you buy those pieces and understand will you actually wear those pieces that just gives you more informed decisions yeah it's it's just yeah I guess becoming a bit mindful like if you go and this is what fast fashion does as well which is very difficult if you go into a store and you look at something and you want to take a week to think about it you'll probably go back into the store and, and it might not be there <laughs> that's that's the kind of risk that, that you're running and, and they're doing that intentionally but just even being able to take a photo of a piece think about it for a day or two and if you have stopped thinking about it you definitely don't need to buy it and if you are still thinking about it and you think okay I actually really do feel that I'll use this I'll wear this I'll really like this you're buying something with a bit more intent and that feeds into the whole life of that piece so you'll think about how you're going to wear it you'll it'll come top of mind when you're going out and when you're trying to style things and um, just just doing that whole process a little bit slower is a really good way to start. I think people can put a lot of pressure on themselves to change all in one day. And that can be kind of difficult. And also fashion is, I guess it's difficult to navigate because you'll have a lot of brands who are um, greenwashing and they'll say something is sustainable. This is something I wanted who, to ask you about, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Although I just want to say, I... I'm definitely going to do that fashion auditing. I think that's such a good idea. And mm. having it all in front of you, you can actually see what pieces you probably wear the whole time and what mm-hmm. pieces you don't touch. So I have a feeling I will be putting a lot of things on on new in the upcoming weeks. Oh, yes, do. Uh, You dived right in there and it's definitely something I wanted to ask you about as I think with Black Friday, with fashion, fast fashion in general, greenwashing is a huge thing. Firstly, what is it and how can we identify it? So greenwashing is basically when a brand uses sustainability as a marketing message rather than in practice. So it will say this activewear is made from recycled plastic, but potentially 3% of that is recycled plastic and the rest of it is virgin polyester. And there's not really enough strict guidelines around what you can say as a brand. Um, It's all about how you present it. So as a consumer and as a citizen, it's really easy to be tricked. This is quite a good way of thinking about different brands. If a brand says, hey, check out our sustainable collection, check out our um, recycled plastic collection, recycled polyester collection, and you go on their site and they have 20,000 new items in that day or in that week, they're not not sustainable. They're greenwashing. Yeah, that's a lot of items. Yeah, if if they go in and, and they say oh, this is our sustainable collection and it's a tiny little collection that you need to find and the rest of their collections are not sustainable. That is kind of greenwashing too because they have the knowledge and they have the means to be able to create pieces in a sustainable and ethical way, but they're choosing not to do it. So you generally have smaller brands, local makers, brands, I guess, that um, are totally rooted in sustainability and it touches off every part of what they do. 
they're basically the ones who aren't greenwashing. So if you have brands that are overproducing items and pushing sustainability into that message, it is definitely greenwashing. And it, it would be best to, to stay away from those brands. And it's disappointing. It's really disappointing and very disheartening because it comes into the accessibility thing. Definitely. We all really want to partake in sustainability. And it's really difficult for us to see H&M do a sustainable collection, get really excited about it because it's, it's really nice, and then watch the true cost. And then actually think, oh my God, this is one of the most profitable companies in the world and they churn out millions of items a year and I'm just going to kind of come back and, and buy from them. Such a hard so, gay. Yeah, and I think it's it's really difficult for people who I guess are kind of bought into sustainability and care quite deeply about it because it, it um brings this kind of I guess like um like a frustration into sustainable fashion that we're all reaching for this common goal. But the fact that people are kind of exploiting it mm. just makes everyone really annoyed at sustainability. And then people just kind of leave. They're like, do you know what? I just don't even, it's, it's full of people hard. who are just giving out the whole time. <laughs> You're like, no. I don't know about you. I, I have such a lack of trust with any reasonably big brand. I'm like, now, are they really sustainable? And I, I really have yeah. to look quite deeply into them and into their brand ethics and values and do a bit of digging and then go mm, maybe they are maybe I can trust them I really want to trust them but it is that kind of it's, I suppose anxiety sustainability anxiety that yeah question everything and rightly yeah. so greenwashing is has taken over fast fashion on some levels like you said as a marketing ploy yeah and I think one thing that I find really difficult about this kind of switch from fast fashion to sustainable fashion and when sustainable fashion brands can kind of get big enough that they have household names and people can afford them is it is really expensive to produce clothes and it takes a lot of work and a huge amount of craftsmanship craftsman sorry <laughs> craftsmanship <laughs> don't worry I get tongue-tied on that one <laughs> That is something that is going to be difficult for us to get our head, heads around when we don't have the purchasing power to buy into that maybe firsthand or as frequently as we would have bought fast fashion. So on one hand, we have fast fashion, which is everyone can wear really nice things for really cheap. Mm. On the other side, you have fashion is expensive to make when it's done properly. And so my personal view and a lot of what feeds into new is that we can't change the cost of clothing because otherwise we cannot do it in an ethical or sustainable way. Definitely. And so we need to be able to somewhere, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. And so if we want to make this affordable to everyone, we need to share that cost. And so we can do that in someone buying something firsthand and passing it on. And so the cost reduces, reduces, reduces. We can do that in one person buying it and sharing it and everyone buying that one piece but getting access to 10 or 20 or you know hundreds and then you can do using all of the pieces that we already have that are already out there so really feeding into that pre-loved market and saying okay we have enough clothes fashion in terms of trends is just gone wild you can be wearing anything from any decade and it's grand because they're just running out of time to come up with the new creations really 
Um, so there's not, there's, it's, it's hard to identify the really definitive, I guess, trends of the decade because they are so fast moving. And so that's how I feel the way forward is, you know, we, we can't buy cheap, sustainable clothing. So if it's something that's really cheap, it's probably not sustainable or it's made on mass, which makes it part of the fast fashion system. So it's, it's definitely difficult to navigate, but I think all the fun that, that you can get with fashion is just wearing things that are out there in the world. Like our obsession with buying something brand new off the shop floor is really just something that the fashion industry invented for us. And um, that's not something that was there before the 1980s. And I think the movement into vintage and pre-loved is so encouraging. And it's not that you even have to wear vintage things from 40 years ago. Like you can just like pre-loved people bought them two months ago and they're already being shared or they're already being swapped and it's okay. Like fast fashion has got so bad that this is, is happening, but I think it's a really good bridging gap between fast fashion and what people are used to paying for clothing and being able to slowly transition into people understanding investment buying on a bit of a deeper level and that they can share things around and they can still access all of those pieces. But ultimately, when you do buy something, you will buy it as an investment. I totally agree with that. I think, like you said, having like a story behind each piece and then just being more mindful of the pieces that you actually buy. Like, do you actually need them? It's going back to that whole focus on sharing, uh, which I know is very deeply um, rooted in new who engages with new primarily is, is it a younger generation thing or is it a huge cross-section of society we'd have members who are from 18 to 35 and when we had it as a borrowing platform you would get a lot of university students and people in their 30s who are at the stage where they're going to a lot of weddings and so that was quite a good mix and you'd actually have a lot of people who were really mindful of sustainability already so a lot of our initial members understood that um, pollution in fashion was a big problem wanted to be part of the solution and were very intentional about joining the community that would allow them to do them to do that mm. something that's been so encouraging since we've put the swapping feature in is that especially during lockdown lots of our new members are still very much in the fast fashion mindset and I think what happened over the pandemic was it was very clear to them how much time that they were spending on these online stores and how much they were buying when they actually weren't going anywhere and people really started to recognize wow this is um an addiction I guess yeah yeah exactly they were spending money because they just loved to shop mm. and they found new we did a partnership with law stock actually and a lot of people found new through law stock um when they had pieces that they maybe didn't fit them or they wanted to to pass on and so many people who we've been chatting to are still using the likes of asos but they're really trying to use wet new as a way to kick that fast fashion habit so they were full of clothes they're kind of regretting that they bought some of them. They know that they keep buying new things and it's almost <laughs> like really frustrated by it. Whereas on new, they're still getting that, I guess, rush of finding something that's new. It's very low risk. They have it, they wear it a couple of times and then they often go and re-swap it. Or they decide, wow, I actually really like this. I've now joined new. I've learned a lot more about sustainability. 
I've really bought into this whole oh wow I should buy pre-loved like the story behind the pieces and yeah. they've I guess somewhat converted to sustainability and I guess what's great about new is we we try not to put pressure on people and we try to be like never judgmental because people are reaching this journey in, in so many different ways so if people come on to new being really excited that they get to swap pieces and they learn about sustainability along the way that's brilliant our market is changing the mindsets of the people who buy fast fashion which was me which was Ali which was our whole team I think it's been all of us I think everybody yeah. falls into it I think it's really hard especially when younger even like just a few years ago there wasn't that many other options which were accessible. So I think having this halfway point that you can still mm. have that mentality, but you're just not having all the social and environmental impacts, which is so damaging and on such a large scale. It's exactly such a unique, brilliant platform. So I mean, I'm I'm in massive awe. I <laughs> think it's you. brilliant. And it's like it's so nice to to have something a little bit more creative. And I know I've said it before, but make it fun again. That's the thing. We all found out about fashion and sustainability and the pollution and the exploitation behind the industry. And I guess as a founder of New, I just felt, wow, I'm so far into this. I've learned so much. I've researched so much. And I just want to walk away. Yeah, once <laughs> you know so people... much, you can't go <laughs> <Yeah>. back. <laughs> yeah, and how many people are going to get that experience and delve in that much? So on the face of it, we need something that's so fun, that's more fun than fast fashion, that's more accessible than fast fashion, that's more social than fast fashion, that's not like fast fashion in the way that it just makes you feel like you are not enough or makes you feel bad about yourself and says, oh, but buy these clothes because then it will make you feel better. Trying to present clothes in a way that um, is really different and gives them a personality and them a life and, and makes your experience of accessing or deciding that you will you will be the owner of this piece a little bit different and a little bit more enjoyable I think that's the way forward because fashion I think is one of the best place industries to really push sustainability forward I always say this I think fashion is probably the most accessible entry point for sustainability and even considering the environment more just because everyone has their own individual role in fashion from the clothes you wear to if we actually work in fashion, everyone has their part to play. So it's so interesting and so much more accessible to people, say, than transport or energy consumption. It is so much more fun than transport and aviation and energy. You know, they're all obviously amazing. <laughs> and, and the strides in terms of renewable energies is amazing. But Everyone Between the age of clothes. 18 to 35, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Is it going to be that exciting? <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess if we start to kind of wear our values a little bit more and talk about the stories of our pieces, you know, saying that you swap something is such a lovely way to start a conversation and a lot of feedback from our members around the swapping and around sharing is that they chat to people. They just chat to people about it. And But you rarely kind of chat about, oh, I went on ASOS and I, I looked on this and I... I bought it. <laughs> it's not a great story. No, but it is a great story not. to to find out that you have met someone who's your size and they were really nice and they told you a story about the piece that they've given you and now you're going to wear it and you hope your friends wear it and you know that will take stories with it as well. So yeah, I think I think fashion can can really help with the tipping point um in changing our behavior from you know by wear dispose in, in all aspects of our life to just being a little bit more conscious. 
Definitely. I love that. There's a really great um, kind of concept quote from Anne Lappe who says like each time we spend our money, we are basically casting a vote for the kind of world we want. So I think new renting and pre-loved things, just becoming more mindful and conscious is a, a really great way to shift and make change. Yeah, absolutely. Now to wrap things up, how do you feel about doing a quick fire round? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Go for it. That was a very tentative yes. <laughs> okay, quick fire with Ashley. New or rented? Oh, rented. Summer or winter wardrobes? Oh, uh, summer. <laughs> dresses or trousers? Trousers. Oh, no, dresses, oh. maybe. I am such a power suit kind of girl. Honestly, I cannot get enough of a brightly coloured suit or cord <laughs> formal or comfy wear formal bright or pastel colors bright i like that that goes into about what we were saying about experimenting with our style and wardrobe yeah <laughs> trainers or heels heels the noughties or 90s noughties and what is your favorite shared outfit i think my favorite shared outfit um would be this orange self-portrait dress that's like just beautiful it's full of pleats and it has pleated arms as well and I know as I describe this you're like what on earth is that but um (laughs) it's like it's like this dress that's like the sisterhood of traveling pants everyone just looks great in it great and it's been to like it's gone to Quebec for a wedding it's been to Bristol I wore it in London one of the girls wore it in San Francisco it's just gone kind of everywhere with people and um yeah I think that's probably probably my favorite piece on on the platform I just think unfortunately no one has anything to wear to to at the minute that's amazing that dress definitely has seen a lot of great stories yes definitely and to close up what sustainable fashion change can we all make today I think the wardrobe audit, honestly. I think just spending a bit of time with your wardrobe and having a look at your clothes and remembering why you loved them. Because I think actions with what you already have are really powerful. It's daunting to think of new pieces, to think of buying things. They're all actions that need to happen in the future. You can start with where you are. Always start where you are. What do you have? What do you love? How can you wear it in a way that's a bit new to you, I think. I think that is a brilliant piece of advice to leave our listeners on. Where can people find you, Ashling, and where can they find me? So you can download the new app on Google Play and the Apple Store. It's new, N-U-W, and our website is thenewwardrobe.com. Socials are at we are new. Fab. I'll put everything in the show notes below. Ashling, it's Thanks, been Emil. fab talking to you. Thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Mimi. It was great. Brilliant. Have a lovely day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Hey, are you still there? Sorry. Do I, uh... <laughs> I wasn't sure if you wanted to just, yeah, if you were finishing it up for the, um... Yeah, definitely. Oh, that I was like, oh, I better stay on and actually say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I tend to talk a lot. Oh, I love it. It's so Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed it. As always, please share, subscribe and review as it really does help spread the word the podcast. See you next week with a new guest. Bye.